This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Hey, what's up? Carm Capriato. Welcome back to Remarkable Results Radio, the premier podcast for personal and professional development here inside our beloved automotive aftermarket. I'm at the Transformers 2022 conference in Cancun. And so you have to go to work to Cancun. And I says, yeah, somebody's got to do it. I mean, seven in the morning till what? 10 o'clock at night. We're working, right? I think I drug some sand in here today. Oh, you did? Oh, oh, yeah, so, so. It was, oh, wait a minute. You went to the beach, huh, Mike? A little bit. Just paid a little visit this morning. Oh, my. Hey, plan to be at Apex 2023, October 31st through November 2nd. Apex will build upon the incredible success of Joe's Garage, a full 10-bay working environment. If you earn your living in the auto service aftermarket, then Apex is for you. Hey, when you work on your 15th Dodge Caravan, why do you have to enter the same information each time? Well, with Shopware, never rewrite a service again. Just create a canned job and boom, you get rolling right away. On the web at GetShopware.com. Hey, so glad to have Mike Searles here. We saw you speak yesterday morning. And so, of course, me, when I find something that I know the industry is going to so appreciate, I went up to you and you so kindly said, yeah, let's do an episode Mike is with Success Training Systems. He's a consultant, an entrepreneur. He's a friend of Greg Bunch here at Transformers. And you started and sold a bunch of businesses. Yeah. And that's your story. I found it fascinating. You're, it's almost like you're a serial entrepreneur. Could I say that? I failed forward. Let's put it that way. I love that. I read John Maxwell's book, yeah. Failing Forward. Yes. I figured out all the ways to mess things up and then ultimately made something out of it. It's a little bit by design, a little bit by fate, and a little bit by luck, and just a lot of hard work. So Mike's message is interesting. He is not in the automotive business, but again, we heard John DeJulius this morning give this great keynote. He's not in the automotive business because business is business is business. That was one of your quotes from yesterday. Yeah. You know, I consult, I've consulted with over a hundred companies. When, after I sold my company, I was bored. I tried the beach thing. I tried the golf thing. I tried all those things. And I realized, you know what, what I really am passionate about is helping other business owners do what I did, muddle their way through, find an exit if that's their desire. And so I started consulting and I learned after consulting with over a hundred different industries or four industries that we all suffer the same challenges. We all have HR issues. We all have hiring issues. We all have accounting and payroll issues. We all have legal issues. We all have product development issues and service development issues. We all suffer from the same thing. So business is business is business. You know, Mike, you said something so interesting yesterday. You nailed the relationship that everyone has in the room and that everybody probably 90% started as technicians. Now there's some like yeah. uh, Brian Sump who's here who he was in the NFL. I get all that, but most of them were technicians and you can't do, here's one of your quotes, you can't do what you did as a tech and be a great business person. Yeah, I had to learn that the hard way myself. When I started my business, as I grew, I had never done it before, you know, and nobody ever taught me how to build a business. I read books and things, but it's not the same, you know, somebody showing you. So I had to learn along the way that I couldn't just continue to do the same things over and over again and get a different result. So I had to develop and grow and mature as a business owner and as a development owner to really be able to change my role as time went by. And when I see business owners that are unable to change or unwilling to change, they tend to stagnate and they tend to kind of hit that glass ceiling and they can't grow. Stagnate. A quote you said yesterday, 95% 
of companies never make it to one million dollars. Yeah, most companies fail. I did an interview yesterday with a company that went to two million in three years. And so the magic is getting help, having someone teach you and show you what's around the next corner or offer you their experience, buy it, buy their ideas or not, but get enough of them so you can formulate your own. But we've done enough shows on the man in the mirror. And that was a big, big portion of your talk yesterday that it really starts with you. Yeah. If there's any secret to my little success in life is that I've learned how not to do things. And I'm pretty good at when I find something's not working, I kind of make a change and change course a little bit. In business, your job is to really experiment, find out what works and do more of that. Find out what doesn't work and stop doing that. That's really, in a nutshell, what business building is all about. And the faster you can do that, the faster you'll grow. Understand one thing about Mike. He's in the toy business. Yeah. (laughs) So I found that fascinating. By by accident. It's a great story. We won't go into that. But I wanted you to know that, as I said, Mike wasn't in, in the auto service business, but he's in the toy business. But Mike is here so that you can get the consistency of the messages that the people that I interview and the things that we talk about on the podcast are about you having to change, uh, not the world around you, but you need to ultimately kind of reinvent yourself. And there's nothing like what's going on now, the changes that are going on now. You said something yesterday, most dramatic changes in 60 years. Yeah. I mean, that just... I mean, who'd ever thought we'd be through, gone through what we have been through? But here's the thing that I would tell you. I've been in business for 30 years. And I will tell you that there's, yeah, we've been through a pandemic. Yeah, we're in a recession or going into a recession, depending on who you talk to. All those things are true. And every year for 30 years, it's always something. Like Roseanne, Rosanna Dana always said, it's always something. Oh, I love that. It just happens to be a pandemic we came through, but before, and now it might be a recession. I don't know what it's going to be next year. I don't know what 2023 has, but I guarantee you it will be something dramatic, something life-changing, because in my 30 years, I've never had a year that was, quote, normal. So whenever I hear people say, when are we going to just get back to a normal year? I don't know what normal is. I've never had a normal year. I've never had a year where I didn't have major headwinds and challenges in my business. Stop wishing for yesterday. It ain't coming. And you may not want it. Oh my God, you're right. Especially in today's tech, today's people, the great resignation, the how much we're having to earn because of what we have to pay. Mm-hmm. Great, talented people. And I kind of drop these because I know the struggle going on in our industry. And I know I'm ringing bells with people sure. that are listening sure. to this. And I think it was you yesterday that said the car's your classroom, right? Yeah. And that's what we do here on the podcast. Majority of people listen, uh, you know, they're they're listening in their car. And we've always said, uh, listen to learn just one thing. But more importantly, you also covered this yesterday. It was amazing. You were talking to me directly yesterday. Is that, are you implementing the things that you learn? Are you learning how to learn? Yeah. I'm a podcast addict. I listen to podcasts all the time. And the key, though, is you can listen all day long, but if you don't do something about it, it doesn't do any good. So I'm a big advocate of implementing as well. And the faster you can implement, you're going to win. So I live for these times. I live for difficult times. To me, in my businesses, what I have found is that during the most difficult times, I've prospered the most. And the reason I learned this, so going way back, I didn't even talk about this yesterday, but my first job out of college, I was a stockbroker. And during the crash of 87... 
I was a rookie broker just coming out of training. And it was the heyday of the 80s, you know, stocks. Wow, here we go. Then the crash of 87 hit. And here's what I witnessed in my own office was good brokers were essentially hiding under their desk. They didn't want to talk to their clients because the market had just crashed. All their clients were losing money. And it was a horrendous time in the brokerage business. And what I learned very quickly was all these top performing brokers disappeared. They were no longer around. So I just hit the phones. I made 500 calls a day, every day. And I built my entire book of business during 87, immediately following the crash of 87. I prospered during that time because when things are good, it's very hard to take customers from your competition. And by the way, that's the business we're all in. We're all in market share business. We have to take that competition's market share and it's hard to get it during good times. It's easy to take their business away during tough economic times. Ever since after a month and a half in early March of 2020, when it hit and we became an essential business and we all took a slump, the whole world took a slump, but the aftermarket came back and came back and came back and for probably still 80% of them, it's still booming. But what I'm worried about, and it's my job as an influencer in the industry to think this through, and you just mentioned it, you talked about recession, depression, you talked about some of the greatest, biggest companies were started during tough, tough times. What are we going to do? Don't expect that this ride, you're going to be on this Ferris wheel forever because business is up and down all the time, but you're never going to be locked in the top position What are we going to do about it? And that's why training continues. That's why networking continues. That's why we go to seminars. That's why we listen to podcasts is we need to motivate ourselves and get us, if you will, to move that dime as quickly as we can, because we've been trained or we know where to go for answers. And I will tell you that when you have a, whatever you want to call what we just went through, the whole pandemic, when you have a a situation that can be life-threatening to your business, you've got to respond quickly. I'll give you a quick story. In 2000, when the pandemic first, before it broke out, I was in China and Hong Kong in January of 2000. We have an annual trade show there. I was there. And so things were starting to rumble about something happening. So I fly home from Hong Kong. From Hong Kong, I go to Germany. So I'm in Germany in early February of 2000, of 2020. And the China Hall, where all the China factories were, Everybody was saying, I don't know if I want to go in there because there's this something going on. So we didn't know what it was. There was no masks. It was just like something's going on. So then I fly home. Now I'm in New York in middle of February and the outbreak begins to hit. I come home February 20 and the lockdowns begin. Guess who I hired February 15th of that year was a VP of sales, my highest paid employee I recruited. And from the day he started, retail started shutting down. I'm in the toy industry. We design, manufacture, distribute toys. All of our customers closed for business. So here I was, supposedly a smart guy. My timing was so bad. It was unbelievable. I hired a top performing guy in the industry. And now for the next year, our customers were closed. And so I feel the pain when you go through those things. However, I kept him on. We fought through it and we took market share. We grew a hundred percent in 2020. Wow. And the reason why is because we were the only ones that showed up to work. Everybody else was hiding in the corner, just like in 1987. Because you had to. Because I had to survive. We've done stories with shop owners 
who either had the lease signed yes. in early 2020, yeah. Yeah. some of the equipment purchased, mm-hmm. and then boom. Yep. And there was this interesting commonality mm-hmm. between them, and that is that they hired themselves a business coach to help them through mm-hmm. this upstart. No one would have ever thought about it. Oh, I'm just going to put up my hut or, or lease a place, buy some things, do some marketing, and hopefully somebody comes yep. in. But it was almost like the pandemic mm-hmm. pushed down so hard on the think and to try to recover the investment to make it whole that they said, what else can I do? Mastermind groups, 20 groups, coaches. And a couple of years later, they're profitable, where on the other hand, had they not been, they would have struggled for 10 years trying to make a dime. Well, you may not know this, but during that time, I was actually the business coach and still am. I've been, I've been working with Greg for 12 years. I don't think he'll mind me saying that. Yeah. I've been working with Brian for a similar, uh, Brian, sure. a similar time. I sweat it through with them during that time. I saw what happened in their industry yeah. and I was experiencing some of the same issues yeah. and we all fought through it the same way. We simply decided to make a decision to get through it to fight through it and to take market share coming out of it. And we all did. You talked about falling short and trying to start a business uh, with lack of resources, no plan, no. poor execution. Mm-hmm. Give us a little bit on that. So when I consult with business owners, the first things they tell me are, number one, they need money. Like, I want to grow, but I need money. Can you help me? Like, help me raise money, help me find money. And then the number two thing they ask is, I need better marketing. I need to create more leads. Here's what I found in 30 years of doing this, is that rarely does money solve any problems. Money makes you more of what you already are. So if you're a good operator, yeah, money can be great. It can be great fuel to grow your business. But if you're not a good operator, money will just make you even a worse operator. So get good first, then figure out how to fund it. The second thing is more marketing isn't what businesses typically need. What I find is they all want more leads, but what we really find out is they need better conversion of the leads they're already getting. So I spend a lot of time working with my clients saying, let's look at your lead conversion. You've already got a flow of leads. What percentage are you closing? And so oftentimes we actually find ways to cut budgets and reduce expenses so they don't have a need for money. They just need a a plan for better execution. You're speaking our language right there. We have a a great piece of technology in our industry called digital vehicle inspections. Mm-hmm. So the car comes in, they take the pictures, they follow the the disciplines inside the tablet. Yep. And there's this 300% rule in our industry is that you inspect 100% of the cars, you quote 100% of the need, mm-hmm. and then you present 100%. Mm-hmm. And I've got this customer, they're coming in, we're trying to make their car safe and reliable in that relationship and that's lead conversion because you've already owned it. You already got them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Most businesses, and particularly in the auto industry, I've found, have plenty of lead flow. They just don't have enough conversion. And so that's really where you start first. Then once that's fixed, once you have your sales system nailed, yeah, throw fuel on the fire. Increase your marketing. Increase your budgets and do that. But don't just throw more dollar bills on the flame. Hey, if you went to Apex 2022, well, then you realize the incredible commitment that Apex has to the service professional. Repair Shop HQ is your place, along with Joe's Garage. With 10 working bays, you experienced real-life working conditions. Also, the best tech companies from tools and repair to management software. They had their latest and greatest just for you. 
You also attended technical and business management training right inside Repair Shop HQ with the industry's best and brightest. Work is underway to make next year's Apex 2023 have even more product demos, trending training, marketing, and social media support to help you grow your sales and profits. Remember, if you earn your living in the aftermarket, then Apex is the expo for you. Continue listening as we bring you the latest from Apex 2023. Save the date, October 31st through November 2nd, 2023. Nothing tells a customer that they need a new part faster than when they see a worn or a broken one in their hands. How do you do that in the digital age? Well, it's easy. Thanks to DVX, you can send photos and videos within its messenger platform. It's like nothing else you've seen in an auto repair SMS before. Take the best of an Amazon-like experience and use it in your shop to show customers how great you are. DVX also makes it easy for customers to drop you a quick text or answer in the messenger bubble that arises from the repair order. It's like magic. Customers love seeing what they need to do and giving you a quick answer. You'll see your business potential right in front of you. Your customers get on with their day and you get back to the repair. Everybody wins. It's time. GetShopware.com. Mike, how much systems and processes figures in to be able to get that customer back? Yeah. So let's talk about systems a little bit. My claim to fame in my businesses is just that, systems. So one of the businesses that I used to own, I had a nice exit from, but I sold, but I was in the gym business where we had, we taught fighters how to, how to fight, right? So there was mixed martial arts, jujitsu, kickboxing, boxing, et cetera. And we'd hire professional fighters as instructors. We had multiple locations, 80 some instructors. And when I got into that business, guess who cleaned the toilets the first few weeks? Maybe you. That was me. And what I did is as I cleaned the toilets, I figured out what chemicals work the best, which gloves are the best, which scrub brush works the best. And I nailed it. I got it down into a system, made a checklist out of it. Then I delegate it. And guess how many times I cleaned those bathrooms after the first two weeks? Probably none. Never did it again. Yeah. Never want to do it again. But I did what I had to do to create a system for cleaning the bathrooms, right? Important things. And so once I did it, though, I set it and forget it. I'm done. That's what I do in my life, in my businesses today. I find a problem. I solve it, create a system around it, and then delegate it. And that's my job the rest of my life. I love it. That's a lesson right there because I can't leave. I can't go on vacation. I can't take any time oh, off. Yeah, I can't work yeah. four days a week out yeah. of the five we're open yeah. because I can't, I can't, I can't because I'm the doer of the business. Yeah. And so this whole delegation thing, how did it hit you? What did you do? My first six years in business, I did nothing but fail. And it was all on me because I was a control freak. I kept everything. <laughs> oh, there you go. I didn't want to delegate because I didn't trust anybody. And they, yeah. oh, they would screw it up anyway. So yeah. I'll just do it myself. It was easier. I'll just do it myself. And I think a lot of business owners start that way. And you learn after a while that your goal in life as a business owner is to create systems. And number two, it's to find people who are better than you. That was the lesson I learned. I finally hired a guy, young kid. I hired him to be my sales manager and quickly found out he was better at it than I ever was. And it was my job just to do two things, create an environment for him to succeed. So give him everything he needed, all the tools and weapons he needed to succeed. I was going to cater to that. He's now, I work for him. I'm going to make an environment for him to succeed. And number two, get out of his way. 
And I quickly learned that he could do more business than I ever could if I would do those things. So that's what I do today with all my team. My goal is to create an environment for them to succeed so they can be wildly successful beyond their dreams and then to get out of their way and let them do it. I mess up all the time. I put my my foot in there where I shouldn't from time to time. And I, but I learned that, you know, I'm 63 yeah. and I'm still learning. I got a long way to go. Mike is a believer of EOS, uh, Gino Wickman's book, and, and of course, Traction. Yeah. And we've done probably six, seven episodes. We've done a series, nice. a seven part series on EOS. One of the big things that I, we talk about and that, that I think is so critical in our industry, and you just said it, the roles, you needed a who that was going to be your VP of sales. Yeah. And, it, and it couldn't be you. It drove you to found a really good, talented person. And I think he's still with you. Am I right? Yes. Yeah. And, and he's your highest paid guy. Yes, I think he's for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So knowing the role and it's almost like there was a great exercise that I've seen people do is they, they take the visionary and then the implementer and then they assign the roles below that individual. And these are the jobs you don't want to do. And if you're not the visionary of the company, then hire yourself one. Correct. Right. Yep. Walk us down for just a few minutes on the critical importance of that. I'll back up a little bit. When I sold my business, I decided, you know what I think I want to be as a business coach and consultant. So I set out to create a system to take all the things that I'd done all the years and kind of put it in a system. And then I came across Gino's books and I'm like, if I were going to write a book, that's it. It's been done. I don't need to do that. It's already in the marketplace. I'll just use that. That's why we've implemented in my businesses, Traction and EOS, because it's a beautiful system that you can implement in your business right away and all the resources are done for you. So I decided oh, I'll start another business because they don't need me to do that. Gino's already done it. Yeah. He's the master at creating that system. So it's a beautiful, elegant solution for management and we use it every day. We have our Tuesday meetings. I did it from here, from Cancun. And so uh, that's the only meeting that I mandatorily have to be at every week is every Tuesday morning. We have an all hands meeting Mm -hmm. and uh, it's a beautiful system. So anybody that's listening, if you haven't implemented traction in EOS, start with one piece of it if you need to, and then build off of it. But the system's already done. It's already placed. It's a a system that we plug into our business. When I read those books, it floored me just like you. I mean, my God, uh, it's right there for the asking. You just have to implement my listener knows we did seven episodes with Barry Barrett, who is an EOS implementer. Please go into my website if you want. Type in EOS, get those numbers, search through your podcast listening app or in, or listen right on the website, right on your smartphone. And we also did some follow up meetings on the actual, is it the quarterly meetings? There's a, a variety, a cadence of meetings. There are quarterly meetings. There's annual meetings. There's weeklies. I think we did one on an annual. It was an annual, Tracy. Might have been the annual. And I'll tell you, uh, that episode with three shop yeah. owners, it was extremely emotional. That yeah, episode, yeah, because yeah, the I owner so. was talking about the openness, the transparency, and how well mm-hmm. EOS was working in their business, how proud they were of their people but they had a huge say in the success of their business. Well, what I learned in my own business is that I always get the best results when it's their idea. And I can create that. I can plant that seed so it becomes their idea, but it's better to walk into a meeting with a team and let them develop an idea. Of course, I'm guiding it. Of course, it's what I kind of wanted anyway, but oftentimes tweaked in a way that's even better. But if it comes, if it emanates from them, instead of me dictating it, you get better results and make them own it. Let them own it. And when they own it, and I always push that back. So I've let my ego go. I wanted all the pats on the back in the early days of my businesses. And now I don't want any of it. I want them to have all of that because then it becomes them. They own it. 
they build it. And if I'm hiring people that are better than me, they're going to run a much better business than I could. But I'm still in control. You know, I haven't lost control. I haven't given over everything from the company. But it's, but I guide. You're not micromanaging. No, you're not micromanaging. No. And, no. and you still have control, but there's other people lifting those weights for you. We're here in Cancun. This is my number one selling week of the entire year. We're here during the holidays, right? I, yeah. we design and manufacture toys. Okay. All right. So we had Black Friday. We had Cyber Monday. This is our number one week of the entire year. All the work's been done. There's nothing I need to do. How'd I, you do? Oh, mate. It's been the customer is back. With a vengeance. And they came back on Friday morning and they haven't stopped yet. And so even this morning, they're back in full force. Can I just veer left of this conversation for sure. one moment? Because yeah. I'm a curious guy. Yeah. Are you drop shipping stuff for your warehouses or vendors or toy stores? Or do they have your product and they ship it? They have the product and ship it. So it starts with us. It starts with a design, right? So I come up with an idea for a toy. I can't draw a picture for my life, but I can draw boxes. I give that to an engineer who creates the design. We have it manufactured in China. We bring it over to our warehouses in California and Philadelphia, and it comes there. From there, our customers take it. So we sell to everybody from your independent mom and pop toy shop, you know, independent operator, all the way through Target and Walmart. We also sell to Amazon, et cetera. But they deal directly with the consumer. We just deal with the wholesale. And they report to you the sales. Yeah, we see the sales live every day. And that's mm-hmm. why you did such. Yeah, yeah. You, we're we so see, happy with your numbers. We see them hour by hour. Yeah. I have, I'm a big believer in what's called dashboards. I covered that a little bit yesterday. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I have a dashboard on my phone. I could pull it up any moment and it's live. And I see our sales and I see it at the top of the hour. It's updated and I see our sales live tick by tick. And so many of our, if you will, top 5% in the industry, which I want everyone in the industry to be that big and take over this service aftermarket. They're living in dashboards, multiple shops and, and everything. Sure. So, so thank you for affirming and confirming that. I think I got to get my grandson that, uh, that the bug zapper thing, the yeah. bug yeah. vacuum. The bug vacuum. This man invented the bug vacuum. Yeah, if you go to Amazon and type in bug <laughs> vacuum, that's us. It's a kid's toy. We also have, if you want your grandson. Yeah. He's four. Uh, four. He might be uh, to the point where you want to get him the ATM machine and teach him a little bit about money and business. Cool. So the ATM machine is cool, too. <laughs> I just, when I heard you yesterday talk about how you were going to get your, your daughter, I think, to learn how to save money, yeah. you put a quarter in for allowance, you know, a dime in for retirement. Yeah. And at the end, you'd pull the drawers out and you put maybe in a bigger box or at for least sure. yeah. you could teach someone yeah. how to budget yeah. their money. Absolutely. Brilliant idea. Kids learn at a very, at a very young age. Brilliant, brilliant idea. But you know, here's the business I'm in. I come up with an idea. It could be the craziest idea. By the way, great ideas in my business and in my products never come to me in the office ever. I've never had a brilliant idea at my desk. Never, never happened. All my ideas come in a movie theater or at dinner or on an airplane, especially on airplanes. And so I'll have an idea. I'll make a little note of it. And then I go back and I implement like crazy. I'm the best implementer I know. And so that's what I take the most pride in. So as an operator, if you have an idea for your business, great, write it down and then go implement that thing. I want to tell you something, something you did for me yesterday that you didn't know. I took copious notes, was extremely engaged, but you gave me nine ideas for future Shows We do these single oh, subject mm-hmm. academies, mm-hmm. we call them, yep. where we bring in people, we tear apart a single idea. I wrote down nine incredible ideas for future 
shows just by being there, multitasking, listen to you. Yep. And my idea meter was just going and going. You inspired all kinds of stuff. So awesome. by the way, thank you for that. Oh, my pleasure. Thank the, you for that. You know, that's the key. But the key is, you know, I've kind of been blessed with that since I was a little kid. I always had ideas. You know, my mom, that's the reason the name of my toy company is Thin Air Brands, is my mom would say, oh, did you just come out of, with that with, out of thin air, right? So that's the reason that company is named that. But I had ideas, but I never did anything about them. Yeah. Like they were ideas, but what good's that? And it wasn't until later in life that I learned, oh, I need to develop a company with awesome people doing awesome work and then just throw ideas into that. I love it. So parallel, we take these ideas, we have a panel, we bring in some experts and then we share it with the industry so they can get better. Struggling. We've talked about struggling a lot. The loss of hope you talked about and people giving up. The whole thing about having their passion, their passion was they just wanted to turn wrenches. So they opened a shop, mm -hmm. but they didn't have a purpose at the end of it is so that they could actually grow and groom a very extremely profitable company. Let's talk about passion. Well, you know, a lot of owners will tell me they don't know what they want. Like that's usually the place I start when a client comes to me. The first thing I ask is, what are you trying to accomplish? And most of them don't know. And I didn't know. So don't worry if you don't have a passion today, like you don't have a great vision for you where you want to go. It's okay. It's normal. As a matter of fact, look, I'm sitting here today with you in Cancun. We're talking about the auto repair industry. I own a toy company. I own a coaching company that I help others. I didn't go to school for that. That was never my vision. That was never my passion. So none of us really are doing probably what we thought we would do unless you're a fortunate few, but I'm not one of those. I'm one of those I had to develop over time. But what I found is I have a passion for is building something. That's really the passion. I don't care what business it's in. I don't care if it's in toys, auto repair, coaching and consulting. doesn't matter. I love building. I love seeing things grow. And so over time, I've learned what my passions are and what my vision is for the future. But it took a lot of soul searching to figure that out. So that's always where I start. You know, I start with someone because they're usually in a rut. Most entrepreneurs are stuck. They've gotten to a certain level. And they don't know how to get to the next level and they blame it on passion, but really what it is, it's vision. And we just have to set that vision of what life can look like and then get about doing it. You're right. Stuck, not adapting, but they're unwilling to change. Well, they don't have a vision for a better life. They just lack that vision for a better life. And so you get stuck and you lose hope and then you, you're looking at the alarm clock all night long. And that's where a lot of people are living their life. Because they don't see where they can go and what they can do and what amazing things can happen. And so that's kind of my job is to first unlock that. Like, what do you want to do? Like, where do you want to go? What do you want your life to look like? I know you may not be able to answer all the questions, but what do you want your life to look like? And I hear things like, I'd like to be able to go to sleep at night without worrying. I'd like to know that I'm going to make payroll without worrying. Usually, a lot of it's around worry, right? A lot mm -hmm. around stress. So it's like, okay, well, let's set about what does that look like? What does it look like to have it? Well, we need to create a better revenue stream. We need to make more predictable revenue streams. We need to have other people executing so you're not drowned in the day-to-day -day details so you can work on it rather than in it. Those are all the things that we try to answer. But it's okay if you don't have a total vision for the future. That's something that it takes a lot of work to get that. And then once you get it and you're on fire, making it happen is the easy part. Yeah, so many don't know how to do it, which brings us right back to the reason we're here with Transformers and all the other great coaching and consulting companies in our industry. The coaching part of what we do in our industry 
is phenomenal. And most of them have all been started by yep. shop owners. Yep. And they don't always profess that they know the answers, but they want to push you and motivate you and hold you accountable in so many cases. That's what we need. Accountability. Yep. Yep. We need that. But a lot of that is the how to. And you can get the how to. You just need to know the what to. What do I want to accomplish? What do I want to build here? Set that in stone. And then you go about the how to because, you know, look, the first time you changed the oil in a car, you didn't know how to do it. You decided I'm going to change the oil in my car. All right. You figured it out how you figured out what to do after you decided to do it. And where I see people fail is they're trying to do the what later. They're trying to do the how to because they're comfortable with I want to improve my HR. I want to improve my hiring. I want, but they don't really have a vision for where they want to go. So I always start with the what. What do we want to accomplish? What do we want to build? And then let's work backward from there. Cool. You said something yesterday. I, I like to use the word love a lot as an action verb. We care for each other. You said fall in love with your business. Yeah. If you're struggling and you're doing the uh, stare at the alarm clock, two o'clock wake ups, right? And all that. Maybe one of the ways that you can get up and over and really make serious change is to go back and think about why you fell in love by wanting to be in business again and build forward from there. Just go out and say, listen, I know for the last five years this this all happened, but can we roll the clock back? Yeah. Let me kill a notion right up front, though, that I think is important. A lot of entrepreneurs I talk with feel like they're not successful or not achieving their total dreams because they're not in their passion job. And I would tell you, I would let go of that. If you love golf, the last thing you want to do is go into the golf industry because you'll just hate golf. You don't have to love what the industry you're in to have passion for it. That develops over time. So what I would tell you is if you love building something and you love winning, you're in a great industry to do that. You don't need to go find another industry. This is an awesome industry to do that. And if you're successful here, you can be successful doing most anything. A lot of people question, why am I in the auto repair industry? And I would tell you this, you're probably into it because at one time you did love it and you will fall in love with it again if you're successful. And so take the time to execute, determine what you want to build. And when you're successful, trust me, the love will come back. You said you must reinvent yourself and your business. Let's close with a little bit on that. Yeah. So if you're finding yourself in a rut, you're just not able to get to that next level. Those are the two things you need to focus on. You've got to fix yourself, right? Get your self-esteem back. What does that mean? Does that mean I start moving a little bit, working out a little bit more? Maybe I need to take some time away with my family, get rebalanced and refocused there. Uh, maybe I need to start eating a little better, start feeling a little better and start cutting out the things that are bad for me and work on the things that are good for me. The other thing I need to do is work on myself and my business skills, read the books, listen to the podcasts, do the things that I need to do to get better, fix myself. Because if you develop into the type of person that attracts success, success will find you, but you have to do the work and you have to do the work on yourself. Then you got to turn to your business. Look at your business, break it apart in pieces, figure out what needs to be fixed and get about doing it. Have a good vision for you, where you want to go and fix all those pieces of your business. Start with your service. Make sure you're offering world-class service. Then go to your sales, making sure you're selling it well so that you're getting more business. Third, work on your marketing, feed that marketing funnel. And then fourth, work on your operations. Get those operations smooth so that it's out of your way so you can focus on building And just continue to repeat that cycle. Get better personally, get better with your business, and success will follow you. Wow, what a great summary, Mike. And we're here in Cancun and we're working. Can't believe that. Sort of. Oh, (laughs) all right.
<laughs> we are. We are working. I, we are working. I so appreciate you being we're here at the Transformers uh, Summit for 2022. I'm with Mike Searles. You just listened to Mike Searles. Thank you so much. Brilliant, brilliant stuff. Pleasure. Success training systems. Thin Air. Thin Air Brands. Thin yeah, Air so Brands. You can go to thinairbrands.com. There's a link to our Amazon page that has all of our toys on oh, there. Cool. It's that time of year. Is my four-year-old grandson okay to get that uh, yeah, bug yeah. vacuum? Bug vacuum. Bug vacuum. It's his age group? Oh, for sure. Thanks, man. Appreciate you being here. My pleasure. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time.